Welcome to the Geek to Geek podcast, where it's time for movies. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. Movie time! Today, we're talking about movies. So, like I said, October <laughs> is a little bit out MTV. of time. And TV. Movies and TV. So we're catching up on a bunch that we've been watching lately, just because October, like I said, it's a little bit out of time. So we wanted to do one that here's some stuff we caught up on, but it doesn't really have to be super timely, especially because a lot of this I was going to put into last week's Geekery or another week's Geekery. I don't know which order these are coming out. This is already throwing me off. Um, I was going to put these into another Geekery and then that episode would have been way too long. So I thought like this could just be a topic which it is now. Yeah, because instead of having like some video games, some movies, some TV, some books that make a big geekery, this is, I did a lot of television. And, yeah. Uh, Do you want to go first? Yours, I'm, I'm interested in yours. And I want okay, to end so, on one of mine in particular because you know nothing about it and I told you not to I, look it up. I know zero and I haven't looked it up. So 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 we'll get there. But yeah, I'll go first. Um, so I've been kind of knocked down over the weekend that anybody who's uh, listened, whenever you guys are listening to this, you'll probably remember me complaining of, for about a weekend, about three or four days, about being knocked down with a migraine. And so during this time where I've been laying on the couch and staring, I found TGIF on Hulu that basically all of the family sitcoms that I watched growing up are now on Hulu and streaming all of them. And so I've been sitting watching Boy Meets World. Um, I've been like Boy Meets World is a way better show than I mean, I loved it growing up. And so I can't even say that it's a better show than I remember it being. But it holds up better than almost anything else that I've watched from that era. At, like hands down, it's it is straight up enjoyable. Have you? Did you ever watch Boy Meets World? Was that b- a little bit before your time? Was that oh, no, something? I watched it. Yeah, no, okay. I was definitely a TJF kid. Like I watched okay. all of Boy Meets World. Um, it's it's always hard to tell from with like shows from when you're a kid if it will hold up or not. Yeah. So it's interesting to hear that that one. Did. Although now that it, I'm thinking about it and you put it that way, it's like, yeah, I could see that actually being a solid show. It is. And and my friend Austin, those of you who who have heard me mention him before, uh, uh, he he and his wife got into watching Boy Meets World again uh, about two years ago, maybe. I think right around the time that Girl Meets World came out, the follow up where Corey and Topanga have a daughter. And I tried watching that show and it's OK. It's fine. They canceled it for a reason. It just didn't have that that oomph that uh, Boy Meets World did in the 90s. And he told me that they had bought the entire Boy Meets World series on DVD. They watched all of it and loved it. And the reason that it held up for them was because the parents are full characters. That the adults in this kid's show are still full characters that have arcs going on rather than it just being about the kids and the parents are secondary the adults are, are kind of cardboard cutouts and he's they're absolutely right that watching Corey's dad and mom they have a full-on relationship that you're watching grow that that you can even within the first like three or four episodes there's a sadness in in mr feeney where i'm like oh man that's harsh man and 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 it's just you don't see that kind of of writing on these kind of kid shows very often and i've really enjoyed sitting down and watching it because it's it's the same show that i remember it being and i'm such a different person and i can come back and still appreciate both the same and different things about it 
that that's I, I super interesting. That's super good. I would love for you to at least go back since it's on Hulu and watch the just first few episodes of it just to see if you feel that same feeling I do where it's not nostalgia at this point. It's just I feel like this was a quality TV show. I'm very willing to do that. That would be interesting to do. But you also and, said you were like watching Sabrina and Full House and stuff, right? Okay. So Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Full House are bad shows. That they are not good shows. Salem st- doesn't even redeem it? No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. They are not good TV shows. Going back and watching Sabrina, however, it doesn't matter how high quality is, how good or not. I still love watching Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Okay, It good. is still fun. It is still great. Salem is wonderful. Uh, Hilda and Zelda, great. I just had such a good time doing it. It's Halloween. Uh, we've talked about that. Uh, if I hadn't discovered Boy Meets World being so good, I would probably be doing what I'm doing with it with Sabrina. That it's good. It is just not what I would consider a good show. Sure. And Full House is probably the same way, right? No, it is so hard to watch. I just turned it off. Oh. Maybe I pick, maybe I picked the wrong episodes to watch. Maybe it, it maybe it's because I love Fuller House that we just finished season three and it's ridiculous and I love it and it has all of those same feelings that I had as a kid in the new Netflix show. But Full House, when I've gone back and watched it, it's a little painful that I may end up having to just lay that one to rest as being an art may have to lay that one to rest as being an artifact of my childhood and that I it got me to the point where I am but it does not feel like it holds up as well as some of the other stuff from uh from TGIF uh, that I've watched so far well and that's all of the Friday night ones the TGIF ones that I've watched so far now they do have that Fuller House season three is good because I have that on my to watch list I just haven't gotten to it did you like season one and two Yes. With yeah. my wife watching those shows together and knowing what they are ahead of time. Yes. Yep, with all absolutely. of those caveats Did, around it. No, no, no. That, that's how you watch Fuller House. Don't get me wrong. It okay. is, it's a TV show where Jennifer and I watch it together because it's fun. We grew up with it. It's silly. And we know yes. that they're they're riding this wave until people lose interest. So they're cranking them out that that I know exactly what Fuller House is. I accept it and I love it. It is it's, not it's like a masterpiece. TV in a very specific way yes and i'm still in love with stephanie but that is neither here nor there that <laughs> you can discuss that with your wife yes and i have at length um but jody jody sweeten's really cool the the lady who plays stephanie do you know much about her in a personal life mr who i don't understand actors or know who uh, they are a little bit because there was information about it right when fuller house came back but mm vaguely didn't she have like problems and then she like rehabbed or something i don't know i don't know <laughs> in a nutshell yes um, hey i she, nailed it good she hit um you pinterest nailed it though um oh you uh she had a drug problem after full house and she went through rehab she did all this and then she's working as a social worker that her her career she was not acting she cleaned up and was helping people with addictions as a social worker and then has come back to fuller house to do this i'm not sure if she's still you know holding her day job while they're recording or she's taking leave to do it but it's just super interesting whenever an actor from your childhood has this kind of problem like her life went went really terribly for a long time and then i mean she's helping people she's a legit good person helping people who had those same problems so i really respect that um 
She's also one of the best comedic actresses I know because I really find her funny. And she's pretty. She got big teeth, and I like girls with big teeth. Okay, um, what's the next show? <laughs> I made you uncomfortable. Um, that's all the Friday night ones. They have everything on there, though. I cannot wait to go back and watch Perfect Strangers and Step by Step and Dinosaurs. Cannot wait. But I just haven't had time. And so we actually started watching together the new Will and Grace and then some of the old episodes of Will and Grace. That this is just a 90s bonanza for me lately, where I think I like the old Will and Grace better. And it's it's because the new one's just started coming on and airing this fall. I've only seen a couple episodes of it at this point. And I'm going to keep watching it because it's good and I like watching these people. And uh, but but. I'd forgotten just how much I liked Will and Grace because I used to watch it all the time as a teenager. And uh, now seeing it, uh, I see how ahead of its time it was just in terms of uh, where the world was. Not necessarily its comedy and style or anything, but just its subject matter. I'm I'm amazed that uh, at the way that people accepted that show in the uh, late 90s. Yeah, that's not one that I ever watched, but I know it's, that it's a very particular point in culture that it makes it matter. It, and it's super, it's super funny, and I love it, so I'm, I'm enjoying going back and watching it. Um, other than that, it's October, and that means I know that Halloween you, Oh man, I can hear you getting excited with your voice. I know how you so, are with October. You are a Halloween fanatic, and you got married on Halloween, and yes. you love all things Halloween, and you go all out for Halloween, and we should probably do a Halloween episode in the next couple weeks. And we probably will. And but I so I can't so I can't talk all about it then before then. But it's time for Halloween Wars and Halloween Baking Championship, which are awesome. Halloween. Both of these shows are Halloween Food Network shows where where the Halloween Wars, they bring people in and these are the big sculptures. These are the art scenes where these are not edible treats at all. They make a tasting element, but these are made out of PVC pipe and and modeling chocolate and nothing that you would ever eat. These are the big art pieces that that you see, the sculptures. So they have pumpkin carvers and stuff like that. You see really cool stuff uh, on Halloween Wars. And I think there are five episodes this year, but it comes on Sunday nights. And Jennifer and I found it a couple of years ago and binged all of it, just bought all of it on Amazon. And so now we we're having to wait week by week like savages to to watch people pumpkin carve. But luckily we found Halloween Baking Championship, which comes on Monday nights on Food Network. Here's an advertisement for that. And uh, send us free stuff, Food Network. And it's probably my favorite one even more. because. And you would really like this too if you haven't seen it. Because it's just a baking show where they have Halloween themed stuff, but they're making real baking baked goods they're yeah, making i would, I would real probably food. like that one this one's really good i don't know if you would like halloween wars because it is that that overly sensational united states kind of reality food tv yeah and probably the not only reason that we like it is because they do some really really cool stuff with carved pumpkins and sugar work and we love halloween so much halloween baking championship is a lot like the british baking show except obviously it's american and uh 
on Food Network, but they're nice to each other. This is oh, the main yeah. thing I like about Good. it is that, yes, they're competing, but they're joking the entire time with each other. It is not sensational and angry. You don't have these cutaways to the confessional camera where it's like, no, this guy is so terrible. Ah, he stole my cocoa powder. No, it's... You know, I really wish I had gotten that uh, bonus he won, but he made a better cake than I did, or something like that. I mean, it's it's fun to watch and it's lighthearted, and they do the they. This one's my favorite because it's the Halloween baking championship, and so they're making things like this one dude made a heart cake and it was a real heart that where he made it look like an anatomical heart and it was disgusting that is the only time i've ever seen something like that where it looked goopy and and like an organ and i was super impressed but no you'd really i think you would really like the halloween baking championship because they're just nice to each other they're just baking stuff that's halloween themed and they end up doing it every every season really there's a holiday baking championship there's a spring baking championship where I'll learn how to do some stuff from these shows, kind of like I do the British baking show. So if there's a Halloween show that you I could convince you to watch, I really think you would like this one. Okay. It sounds cool. It does sound up my alley. Yeah. And sometimes they have a kid they have kids ones in there. Like when they have an extra week, they do a Halloween kids baking championship, which is adorable and I love more than just about anything else in the world is watching these like eleven year olds be better cooks than I will ever be. It's it's fantastic. And then you had one more, right? Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, we are just about finishing up all of the Mary Tyler Moore show that's on Hulu. They only put three of, I think, the seven seasons on there. I think we have one episode left. And then we're going to have to start buying it on Amazon. That we've been catching up on it. That that I We watched all of Dick Van Dyke last year. I've mentioned watching Mary Tyler Moore now. And we are finally reaching the end of everything that we can do through the streaming services. And we like them so much. And these are the only older tv shows that i've ever really loved that i'm willing to pay for so i mean that speaks very highly because i don't like old movies and old tv shows that i tend to stick to more modern stuff that willy wonka and star wars are about as old as you can get me to like and even then other stuff from that era i don't tend to really care for mary tyler moore and dick van dyke though I, I cannot speak highly enough of just how much I love these shows and, and I'm going to have to start paying for them. So that's high praise for me. Cool. Well, it's I'm glad that you still like it because I know you mentioned it a while ago, but it's it's yeah. been a while since you did. And the fact that you're still watching them means you must like really I do. enjoy it. And I know that we're going to watch the spinoff Rhoda as well because uh, Valerie Harper got her own TV show uh, because her character was so popular on the Mary Tyler Moore show. And I feel kind of the way about Rhoda and Mary as I do about like Leslie Nope and Ron Swanson where I feel like these people are my friends. It's okay. like and Jennifer's uh, Jennifer and I would be like, "Hey, what do you want to do?" And I was like, "I don't know. You want to watch? We want to watch Mary." And we're like, "Yeah, let's watch Mary." And it's like we don't even call it the Mary Tyler Moore show. We just call her Mary. And like, oh, we'll watch Mary do this for a while. Yeah, that works. We're, yep, that's us. That's that's me and TV right now. We've I've been really trying to catch up on stuff like that as as I've been sick and knocked down. And uh, today it's not really a TV show as much as it is a YouTube rabbit hole that I went down. And I'm going to be keeping up with this. The reason I bring it up is watching videos about people who live in tiny houses and live a nomadic lifestyle. Like they either live in their in 
in remodeled vans or they live in tiny houses on trailers or SUVs and they live nomad lifestyles where they can just travel around, see the world. And there are so many YouTube channels about these people where they're very high production quality touring and staying with them that that is definitely going to be something that I'll watch on YouTube like a TV show because I was doing it today with it in the background while I worked. Like it was super interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, I have my first one ties in anyway because it's YouTube. Um, have you watched any more of the no clip documentaries after no. I told you about the Final Fantasy 14? No, not no, just okay. that one. So I started watching another one. I think I'm like halfway through it. I, I watched like an episode and then another. Maybe there's only one left. I, I don't know. It was broken into a couple different parts. Um, but it was the CD Project Red and The Witcher. So it, there was like an episode about CD Project Red. Um, and that's the one that I watched all of. And then the the next one is about The Witcher one and two. And then the next one is about The Witcher three. And it's really really interesting, especially the first one about CD Project Red because it's all about how the company was created and like they're in Poland. And when they created the company, it was still behind the Iron Curtain. You know, oh, so that played into like them and their culture and the company. And it was very, very interesting. They got their start basically like pirating games and localizing games. I I don't know. I it's just it's really interesting. So even if you're not interested in The Witcher specifically, I would still recommend that very first episode. That's more about CD Projekt Red and not really so much about The Witcher, just because it's a fascinating look at a time and a place and the game industry also kind of game development but more so like what it was like being a gamer at that time behind the iron curtain that's crazy yeah that would be super interesting that the the no clip that i have seen is super high quality too so that one i i doubt it's any less than the final fantasy one yeah no clip always does really good work so that was one um that was really quick that i watched but i would definitely recommend it another thing i got around to finally i watched spider-man homecoming which good you loved right or did you not love it no i loved it i i can see why you wouldn't necessarily but i i was super happy through the entire the entire thing mainly because they did the characters just so well so i'm i'm mixed on this one um okay i'm glad i skipped it in theaters because i think if i saw it in theaters i may have been a little disappointed i i was thinking about it afterwards and I think it's this particular story and setting that just didn't click for me. Like, yeah. I I don't think I want to watch high school drama anymore. Not not this kind of predictable American high school drama. You know, I say right. that thinking back to how much I enjoyed Persona 5. That's what like I was thinking, too. Another culture type of high school that's totally foreign to me. But uh, American high school drama is just so played out for me at this point that... I don't think I can get into it. So I think it's more the setting and like this particular story that they were telling that it was it was not bad. I didn't dislike the movie. It was just fine. Like it felt like another superhero movie, which, you know, if this had come out five years ago, that it would have been like amazing. But we have so many superhero no, movies now. Came out five years ago was amazing. It was the Amazing Spider Man. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, but like, you know, we see the genre being taken in so many different directions now, and then yeah. you have a movie like Logan that just like 
breaks out of the genre of almost. everything yeah. yeah and then you go back to this and it's just so by the book it's so safe it's so it stereotypical that i think that was part of my hesitation too so it's fine it's a fine superhero movie but it's just kind of a superhero movie the thing that i did walk away from it though is that tom holland is an amazing uh, i can't hey, say amazing hey, hey. spider-man tom holland is a really really good spider-man probably he the b- best spider-man that we've ever had Bob and Farr. i am super excited to see him as spider-man in a setting outside of high school like yeah that was my overwhelming feeling walking out of it which didn't you say something like that too yeah i mean i just look forward to him i want to watch him and whatever he does because i can see that guy hey i can see tom holland as peter parker holding a franchise doing pretty much anything that i will, and i will pay for it because i like watching him yes. and the high school setting is tired i mean don't get me wrong high school peter i've talked numerous times about how that is not the peter parker that i want but because it's the one that we're given at least they did it well that they could not have cast anyone better than tom holland for that role like he is perfect in that yeah and it's like we've seen so many permutations of spider-man around high school that i just it always feels like it's it's played out at this point you know whereas when he i don't know how much of a spoiler it is i mean obviously he had interaction with the avengers because of old movies too right like when he gets close to maybe just like leaving high school and joining the avengers full-time i was like yeah do that like that got me interested and excited and then he walks away from it and goes back to high school and i'm like Okay, I mean, uh, the the thing is, I love him as Spider-Man, so that means all I have to do is wait, because he yes. will get out of high school soon, like, actors age, you know? Yep. He can't be in high school forever, so one, maybe two more movies, and then he'll have to be in different settings. And we know he's going to be in, like, Infinity War, so uh-huh. I'm excited for that. So know? we're going to see him in space, or at the very least in a highly technological setting, whether they actually take him to space in the first one, uh, or how they, however they handle it. But yeah, he's going to be out of the high school setting probably the next time we see him. Well, and like I love his interaction with superheroes and supervillains, uh-huh. and like his interactions in Civil War and the interactions with Iron Man in this movie. I think right. those were all like the best parts of him as Spider-Man so far. So yeah throwing him into an ensemble like that will be really good i'm excited for that what did you think about michael keaton because i remember when we talked about it initially that michael keaton was like my movie dad and i'm just curious on how you felt about him as the villain he was okay i mean yeah i don't know it it was it was fine i think again it was just the setting like if you did him in the same way in a different setting i probably would have liked it more Mm. but it i mean i like that this felt like a Marvel Universe movie in a way that none of the other ones did. And I don't know how much of that ties directly into Michael Keaton so much as like him being the vulture and the vulture is dealing in alien technology that is there because of the incident in New York. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And I, it, that makes sense. I mean, that may be what it is. I don't, I don't know. I just, yeah. So again, mixed for me, but I'm glad I watched it finally. Um, I also watched Star Trek uh, Discovery episode three. And my reaction to that was like, yes, now I'm in. Like that's, that was what I walked away from that one with. Okay, good. The first two episodes, I didn't know where they were going with the series. And I didn't really get what they were going to do with the crew and everything. Um, And then episode three, I watched all of episode three and I go, oh, I get it. I get what they're trying to do with the series. I get the direction they're going to take it. And I get kind of like 
how everything is going to fit together for the first time that it just wasn't apparent in the first two episodes. Mm. So if you have watched either of those first two and you're on the fence, watch episode three, like whenever, and I know you haven't, but you specifically, (laughs) when you get to watching the new Star Trek, make sure you watch the first three episodes before you make any kind of decision. And that's the way a lot of shows are. I think that I tend to give them unless they are truly terrible that, I mean, Little Witch Academia, I got like three minutes and 46 seconds in or something like that, where I was like, nope, not for me. But usually once a show like this, I tend to give it about three episodes because that's really when they move past pilot area and uh, trying to retain viewers from the pilot. Well, this one is weird because you've watched Battlestar, right? Yes. Um, Do you remember that Battlestar miniseries that happens before the actual pilot? Yep. It was so good, but it's so different. Yeah. Okay. So it's so good, but it was so different. That is exactly how the first two episodes of this feel. They do not feel like the pilot. They feel like some world building and some setting, setting up, for lack of a better term. Um, Yeah. And they're good. And they're like, you can tell they're high production value. They have really good special effects and they have an okay story. It's fine. It's like, but they didn't really connect with me. I didn't see where they were going. But now that I've seen episode three, it's obvious that those first two episodes are very separate from the rest Mm. of the series. So if you view those two episodes as a like mini series and then episode three as the real pilot, that's probably how you should look at it. And I don't know. I just I'm finding myself very hard. It's very hard for me to get in, get excited about this Star Trek series. I don't know what has made me just really about it. But I just I want to be excited for this, but I don't care even a little that this, I think, is going to have to be a wait until it's finished and on something where I can stream it for free, because it's also on the CBS streaming service where I'm not going to go to that much trouble. I'm going to be honest that with the streaming services available, I'm just not going to subscribe to another one to watch that and go out of my way if it's not on the PS4 to be able to stream or one of my other devices. Like if you're not super excited about it, you're probably better off waiting until at least the mid-season break, you know, and then just like grabbing it for a week or a free trial or something and then just binging it. Uh Uh-huh. That's what I figure will happen one way or the other. So I like it. I'm bought in now. I yeah. will keep reaching, like watching Good. it week to week. Um, and then you, it's funny that you mentioned anime earlier because there's a movie called Your Name. And I watched it because I had been hearing good things about it for like almost a year now. Um, It won a ton of awards in Japan, like best movie of the whatever or best anime of the I don't I don't know. I don't know anime awards and movie awards in Japan, but I heard it from enough people that this is like one of the best anime movies ever. And I finally got around to tracking it down this last weekend. And you know how I feel about anime, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very reluctant and I'm not even on the fence so much as like I generally don't like it, but sometimes like one of them breaks through and I will reluctantly like it. Like I liked um, Attack on Titan, right? For reasons and for parts of it, they were okay. Like parts of it I, I thought were good, but most anime I just don't connect with at all. This is the first anime that I truly, honestly, 100% enjoyed. Like ever, ever. It was really good. It was just a great movie. And it's so weird to me that there was finally an anime movie that did that. You know, it actually made me go, oh, this is amazing. 
So what was it about this one that none of the others had done? I don't know. It's just, it's really good storytelling. The premise is that it's basically like, uh, what's the trope? Like body switching trope. Okay. So yeah. um, when there's this girl and a guy and they're approximately the same age um, in like high school, like Japanese high school, one of them lives in the city. One of them lives in like the country somewhere. And when they go to sleep, they don't know the next day if they're going to wake up in their own body or the other person's body. Like, they don't know if they're going to switch for the day or not. Oh, okay. So the first big part of the movie is about them figuring out, like, what the other person's life is like and then, like, establishing rules and guidelines so they don't mess it up each other's lives, which is really interesting. That's um, neat. Yeah, so that was, like, the premise of it. But it also, oh, I don't know if I want to spoil it or not. I, I don't really want to give the big spoilers away there. Okay. It, that's maybe the first half of the movie. And then when you get maybe a third or a half of the way through, it starts going in other directions that are really fascinating. Um, it, it starts to deal with, oh, I can't even say that without giving it away. Here's the thing. I feel like most people who know this movie or like anime would have already watched it. Cause if it's gotten to me, am I free to spoil this? You tell me for me. Yeah, go ahead. Here's your spoiler warning if you haven't seen it. So it starts to deal with like time travel and you find out that they aren't actually in the same place in time. They are transporting between each other's bodies on a given day, but they're a couple years out of sync. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so that becomes a bunch of it. And then you figure out how they're connected, even though they're in slightly different times in slightly different places. Um, And then as you get towards the end of the movie, it also starts to deal with memory and the fact that like when they wake up back in their own body, the other stuff starts to feel like a dream and they start to forget it. So they kind of know it, but they also kind of don't. So it's one of the reasons it's not the only reason it's titled your name, but they like want to know each other's name, but then it kind of like fades from their mind sometimes. So it's about like the permanence and like this connection between people, even if you can't put it into words. Um, And even that, that doesn't even give away all the twists. That's like the lowest level spoiler. It goes into even crazier places once you get towards the very end of the movie. Yeah, it just, sure. Yeah. So if any of that sounds appealing to you, I highly recommend it. It's a great movie. That does sound really good. I will. I will. That is my kind of movie and completely, completely separated and disconnected from it being anime. That's the kind of movie that I like. So that, here's the thing. You, the J.J. Abrams and whoever else, I don't know if it's his production company or if he's just the producer on it or a director, but someone associated with J.J. Abrams got the rights to this and they're going to remake it as a live action movie for the U.S. Well, then that would be my kind of movie. Um, there's a movie that it reminds me a little bit of, but not, com- not like obviously just on the uh, on the surface level of this, but dealing with the time travel stuff. There's a movie called About Time that has the dude who plays General Hux in The Force Awakens, the guy who plays Bill and the uh, I can't remember uh, what is uh, Bill in the Harry Potter movies, Bill Weasley, but he is in it and it is fantastic. It kind of reminds me of this on just this magical realism level of time travel being rare but like not heard of but accepted that if you like your name you may want to look into about time as well it's just a movie but it's uh it it, this sounds so much like it it makes me want to pick up your name yeah it's it's good i mean it doesn't 
it's not bad anime. I, and I, I've seen there are enough people who have tried to watch, get me to watch anime in my friends. <laughs> that I have seen plenty and plenty of bad anime, and this is not that. So, right. It's is good. it in I, English? I like is it. it dubbed or is it subtitled? I think there's a dub, but I honestly couldn't find a clean version of it. And I think there's a DVD maybe coming out soon or a Blu-ray. So ah. what I ended up doing was I found a good version of a subtitled one. So I just watched that. Okay. But there's there's oh, a dub I... that exists. And if it's not out here already, it's coming out here soon-ish or something. I don't know. This is how out of touch I am with anime. And when I like anime, the subtitles, like, that's fine. That it that doesn't detract or add to anything for me. A lot of times the dubs are kind of terrible. So that's, Yeah, that's what happened. I found a bad dub, and I was like, nope, I can't do it. Yeah, and a good subtitle is just I forget about it after a bit when the anime is actually good. Yeah, and it's one that now that I've watched it and I've seen all of the twists, which, I like I said, I promise I didn't give away all the twists, Um, I want to rewatch it already. Cool. So, yeah, it's it's really good. Um, the other thing that I watched that I told you specifically not to look up is Dab yes. Light. Okay, have I have you seen... no idea about this. Okay, it is, uh, it's a Netflix original. It was made in Japan. It's a Japanese cast, and it is, how do you describe it? How do you even, it's basically a father and son who have never really been good at talking to each other, okay. learning to connect and have a real adult relationship through the game of final fantasy 14 it is it is oh that is i have heard of that i completely forgot about it but i did hear about that i didn't know it was out yet and in japan it was called daddy of light yes it was yep that's the same one the fact that they changed it for america makes me so mad because i the title Daddy of Light sounds so much better. So it's like uh, eight-ish episodes. It's not super right. long, so it's not a huge commitment. And each one is in that like 20 to 30 minute mark. I don't think any of them yeah. go over 30 minutes. So it's not like you could sit down and watch this in half a day or like a long afternoon, which is what I did. It's good. Like if you have any connection to Final Fantasy 14 at all or MMOs ever, and you're even remotely interested in Japanese culture, this is such a good movie. Like, it's not a movie. Awesome. It's a, this is such a good TV show to watch. It's legitimately about Final Fantasy fourteen and legitimately about, like, real life in Japan, like, the work culture, the relationship, like, generations being able to talk to each other or not talk to each other. And I, I don't know, like... I was not sold after the first episode. I watched a couple, and then suddenly I was hooked, and I had to finish it all that day. And That's great. Yeah, it's just, it's weird. It's really weird, but it's really good, and I think that you might like this one. Oh, I'm I'm certain that I would like it. I didn't know that it was ready to come out, and it had completely escaped, like, all... It, it, it just completely left my memory when you were asking me about it. Never thought about it. Did not even didn't even ring a bell at the smallest level. And then as soon as you said it, it Daddy of Light came into my mind. Where yep, I I didn't know it was Americanized yet. I didn't know it had been brought over and localized. Yeah, and like it's they legitimately use the game mechanics. Like nothing they do is you know faked. Like apart from what you would actually do in the game, it's straight up how you play an mmo which hmm. every other mmo tv show or whatever i've ever seen is like yeah they get the gist of it but they don't actually get yeah. the details right do you know what i mean yes oh yeah. yes 
And this one is, you know, they progress in the way that you would actually progress through the game. Like, they level up huh. their gear changes. Like, they do the the trials and, like, the, huh. you know, bosses in the order that you would. And they're working towards, like, the last binding coil of Bahamut to try to beat the endgame boss at the time. Um, That's yeah. awesome. It's It's good. It's surprisingly good for the premise of it. So... I think you should watch that one because I really want to know your take on it. I really want to watch that. I had no idea it was out in America yet. That's that's great. You know, speaking of that, that kind of leads into geekery that I haven't done. Um, but Final Fantasy fourteen, the first patch came out, I believe, today as of this recording. And I haven't patched it up yet, but uh, I'm going to have to in case you were thinking about getting back into it after this. It's a good time to jump in. I'll probably wait a couple patches and then mm. give it another go for a little bit, but not not right now. Uh, not for just one worth patch worth of content. Makes sense. Um, that's probably it for this topic, but that was fun. Thanks for catching up. Um, let's dive into the geeky offer of the week this week. We have Gamefly, so I'm still renting games. I'm still trying them. If you guys want a good game rental service that delivers to you in your mailbox, I can't recommend Gamefly enough. So if you want to do a free trial of a month, you can go to GameflyOffer.com slash geek and get a trial on us, and it helps the podcast, and everybody wins. It's pretty awesome. Um, Okay, Weekly Geekery. Another thing that maybe could have been in our main topic, but we can talk about it here. The Star Wars trailer came out. Yeah! so yeah. excited about this i'm excited like, i have my tickets yep. i got my tickets right away and the trailer is good and i still think that we're gonna be in that like gray area of the force finding balance i don't think it can be about light and dark anymore especially after this trailer i'm worried that this trailer is trying to mislead us though because you oh, and it i really talked- feels like it Oh yeah, I mean, it's making you think that Ray is going to be go to the dark side, and we knew that 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 Ben, that Kylo was going to be, uh, you know, possibly redeemed and all of this, and and be the light side character toward the the end of this movie or the next, and. I just feel like this one really is baiting us because I've seen so many people look at the new poster and say and show that Luke is in the same spot that Darth Vader was in uh, Empire Strikes Back. And I know what they're trying to make us think because of all of this. And I so hope that everyone is wrong like i hope they're baiting us to make us think that luke is is going to be on the dark side now and and that ray is going to be going to the dark side like i know they're messing with us and this trailer makes me excited that they're messing with us yeah i think the trailer is very misleading um my editor brain that never turns off Uh i noticed a bunch of things in the trailer like I bet these are two different scenes and they cut mm-hmm. them together to make it look like a completely different setup in this trailer. You're talking about Ray and uh, Kylo talking at the very end, aren't you? Uh, that's only one of them. There's a bunch of other places where they do it too. Like the, the space battle with Kylo and Leia, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. There's also a couple other things with Luke that make it sound one way, but easily, easily can be taken out of context yes. from other scenes. Um, I think that this trailer is really trying to mess with us and I kind of appreciate it for that. Yeah. I do too. That 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 the more I've thought about it, the more I've watched it, I, I realize that so many people are like, wow, spoilers much? And I'm like, no. No, they didn't. No. If but, I mean, especially with a trailer and really in anything, if you don't see the two characters that you think are interacting on screen in the same shot the together same at shot. the same time, you cannot trust that those are actually in the same scene ever. Ever. Yes. Like that's not the way it works. Um 
So yeah, and, I'm, I'm hyped. And at the same time, there was one part of it, you know, the the whole thing where Luke is like, I've never seen this. I've seen this power only once before, yada, yada, yada. I wasn't afraid then, but I am now. It's like, I don't think he's t- like, it's implying that that's supposed to be, he's talking about Ray, but I still think he's talking about, about Kylo. I think that the oh, entire yeah. thing no, is like, I'm afraid of him now. I was like, I'm, I wasn't afraid of him then. I am now. It's like, yeah, I'm still afraid of him is what I'm hoping they, they're mean with that because it's such ambiguous language that I want to play semantics with Star Wars and, and I'm loving it. Yeah, I am. I'm excited for this. I just can't wait for the movie. We'll have to talk about it right yep. right near the end of the year and squeeze it in right before our end of the year episodes because oh, we got to talk about it. Um, yep, absolutely. Okay, so that was good. And then... You had something for Geekery, right? I, we don't have a I, lot because, like I said, our October is all thrown out of whack. It is. And this weekend while I was laid down uh, watching the the Friday night 90s again, I reread the print version, the book of Brian Inman's uh, The Terrible and Wonderful Reasons Why I Run Long Distances. I mention this every so often because every so often I go back to it and I've read it yes again. And the print version is so much better than the online version that you guys can check in that uh, check out on the oatmeal.com. But uh, it, I tweeted out a couple of pictures of it this weekend. I wrote a new blog based on the blurch and it made me really realize like every time I read this, it's kind of like some runners will read what I talk about when I talk about running by uh, Haruki Murakami and it, it it's their kind of uh, inspirational book. And that's the way I feel about the, the, the terrible and wonderful reasons it's there are panels in that book that make me cry every time I see them and read every time I read them, no matter what happens, like they're not sad. They're not, it's happy. It's a dude with weight on his shoulders and he starts running and poof, all of his stuff is gone and he's running and he's happy again. But for some reason, when I read those, it makes me tear up and cry every time. It's like it hits so close, like so many of the things like that that is are listed on this big like metaphorical rock in this web comic hits so close to the way that I feel. It's like, man, I'm going to die someday. And uh, it, it is because that's the way running does make you feel. So it made I read this when I need inspiration. So I go and I've I've sent back the Ultra Paradigm shoes that I got because they my knees still hurt when I was running in them. Did a whole lot of research on running shoes again, uh, trying to find something to replace the Nimbuses that they've ruined over the last few years. Dirty Asics and have ordered some New Balance 1080 V7s, which I'm really excited to get in and uh, try because. Because on my feet, when I tried them at a shoe store, they feel like the running shoes like I used to run in. And no new ones have felt like that in years. So I'm super excited to try out some new running shoes and geek out about uh, my first pair of New Balances that I really get to try out. Oh, man, those 1080 V7s. I, I know, right? They're 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 apparently the same as the V6, uh, except for a few minor adjustments. And oh, this is God, one why I, did I, and I know, you. and I know that you are being very facetious and sarcastic on this. But they, uh, this is one of the few running shoes I found lately that doesn't have a no so seamless mesh seamless mesh upper, where there are still pieces of structure holding it together. And the way that I run, I need that structure. So I was really glad to see actually that they went from the V6 to the V7, and they kept and added just a little bit more structure on there rather than having the seamless tops the seamless upper so yeah the v7s 
That don't get me seamless started. upper. I know. Oh, I hate I'm the glad, seamless uppers. I'm glad that you're happy because she was legitimately, I, 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 even though I'm a lot of what you happy. said just a gobbledygook, but that's okay. It, um, it is. This week, but, I, I tried Tacoma, <laughs> finally. It's been on my list for a while. It's by the same people who did, uh-oh, I'm blanking, Gone Home, um, which, mm. did you ever do that one? Um, it's, so one it's another one that's living in my Steam library that I haven't gone back to. Yeah, so Tacoma was good-ish kinda but the problem was it made me motion sick oh which i think i've only ever had one other non-vr game make me motion sick i had a bunch of badly made vr games make me motion sick oh I but bet. but for like actual just on a flat 2d screen um motion sickness almost never happens to me which is why i bring this up because I don't know what it is about this game. I don't know if it's like the way the reticle is on the screen, if it's the field of view of it, if it's like the head bob or the way that the there's movement in the game. The fact that you're on a spaceship that's kind of like space station that's rotating. I was but about to say, is it the background parallax or something where it's maybe, kind of maybe I don't just... know. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I played for a good uh i don't know hour hour two hours maybe and like i really liked the gameplay mechanics i was really interested in the story and then i just started feeling like woozy and uh. i was like am i sick like what's going on am i did i get something you know from my kids going to school or something and i was like no this feels like vr motion sickness but it's not vr so i took a break from the game gave my body like 10 minutes to reset and then i jumped into an another first person shooter on my pc so the exact same setup but a different game and i was fine so uh, it is it is just this game and i don't know why and it's sad because i really did legitimately like the story and the setup and the mechanics of this do you do you think if you changed your setup that it would fix anything? i tried did i tried you? all of the options that they had they had a bunch of different things that you could tweak with like head bob and like the reticle and stuff like that the normal motion sickness stuff so they must know that it was an issue uh, to some extent in the game to have all of those options and have them be so prominent mm. in the menus but i i just couldn't make it work so i was Man. disappointed by that um but the other geekery that i had to mention is and i think you saw this news but i'm not sure did you yeah. see that aol instant messenger is going offline I did, and Jennifer sent me that because she used AIM a lot when she was younger, and I never used it much. I used mostly MSN Messenger back during those old IM days, but it's still super sad. I mean, I had an AIM. Of course I did. Everybody had an AIM. I still remember those sounds, and it's it's sad. AIM is like, it's not my childhood, but it's it's that transition from yeah. middle school into high school and then like actually growing up as a teenager like aim is my teenage years kind of in a nutshell like mm. that that perfectly landed for when i was in middle school into the first yep. couple years of high school was aim and it was like every night you'd get on you'd talk with your friends yep. you would talk to girls that you found out their screen name and you were interested uh, in like yeah you would you know you would secretly like leave messages in your away message for people and you would hope they would see them even though uh -huh. you wouldn't directly say it because you're an awkward teenager and that's the uh -huh. way these things work. So like 
AOL Instant Messenger is like such a core piece of my life experience, which saying it like that makes it sound so dumb. But at the same time, it is so true. Well, you're absolutely right. It does sound so dumb. Don't get me wrong. I mean, us saying this is a core piece of our life experience like that is super dumb. But it's true. It's the same way with me, except just because of how much older I am than you. It was my my late teens and early 20s where we were using these in college. It was as I was leaving high school and transitioning that way. And because I dropped out of college my first semester, it was using AIM and MSN to make sure I was still connected with my friends changing my screen name into emo song lyrics because of uh, being lonely or in love or whatever it was that like you said this is a core way that we interacted with each other and our friends and the people that we were into at the time and because we're awkward and don't have any other way and we didn't text that texting wasn't a thing social media wasn't a thing so it was these instant messengers it was i mean this game way to texting texting was like right after the height of like aol instant messenger yep that yeah and so i remember i don't know if you remember it but i remember that some of the very first like smartphone and i don't even want to say smartphone the very first phones that did slightly more than than text and take a picture feature phones now the feature phones that's it the first feature phones had aim on them that where you may not be able to text because you might not be able to afford it, but there was an aim thing on there for if you paid extra for just a set internet on there when that was like an absurd amount of money as well. Like it's aim was on phones that I had before there were smartphones. It was just, it's the end of an era and it's like, I know that AIM's heyday was like such a long time ago. Oh, gosh, like it yeah. hasn't been important for a long time. But at the same time, they are actually finally legitimately killing the product. And yep. th- that just marks the end of an era for something that was like such a core piece of my teenage years. It makes me sad because other people won't get to experience that same kind of thing as you and I did. Because, yeah, it's dumb, but it's also kind of formative in how I know that I use social media. That the way that I look at status updates and the way that I see the 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 micro blogs that came that came before Twitter and all of this, like those have shaped the way that I see social networks. And so it's really interesting us, like we've talked about before, being at this perfect age to see how each progressive, uh, each successive technology is influenced by the one that came before it. That so much of what we do today is is shaped by AIM and MSN and ICQ and so many people in another five years are not going to even know what AIM is. Most yeah, people no, may not know what ICQ is. Yeah, it's just, it was formative. So it's it's something that like you have to talk about. I can't just let it fly by. Yeah, Obviously yeah, we have to talk about that. We have obviously. things to say. Yeah, but that's probably it for this week. Uh, you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. And we're on Slack as well. So if Reddit's not your thing, go to slack.geek2geekcast.com and waste a few minutes at work with us. And remember, we are part of a podcast network as well. So head over to geek2geekcast.com to see if 
any of our shows tickle your fancy. I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beege. That's Beege with two E's. And I blog at geekfitness.net. We've been Void and Beege with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Goodbye. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek, too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week... Keep it geek.